today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, let's move down to the United States, find out what's going down there. Uh, the Prime Minister and the President are going to meet uh, uh, via a teleconference on Tuesday and chat about things, as well as um, the ex-president, Donald Trump. Uh, lots of information floating around. Remember his tax records? He would never release. Every, I guess, president, it's customary to release your tax returns. Uh, Trump hasn't done that for years. And uh, I guess uh, has he has asked the Supreme Court to uh, halt uh, turning over his uh, tax records, uh, but I guess they won't. Uh, they won't do that. Here's uh, Reggie Cicchini, our Washington uh, producer, on Donald Trump and his tax records. This case has ties to a series of hush money payments made before Donald Trump was elected. The payments were seen as an illegal campaign finance contribution to shut down a controversy over an alleged affair. Michael Cohen, a former so-called fixer for Donald Trump, was sentenced to three years in prison for his role in that money transfer. In the summer of 2020, the Supreme Court punted the case over access to the returns to the lower courts, where Trump's attorneys kept up their fight, but ultimately lost. It was sent back to the federal bench, which then sat on a decision through the election campaign. The tax documents are also linked to an ongoing investigation into alleged bank and insurance fraud tied to the Trump organization. The information will be used as part of a grand jury investigation, which operates in secret, meaning the public will not, if ever, get a glimpse at the details. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Washington. All right, let's bring in Dr. Graham Dodds, Concordia University professor and associate chair, Department of Political Science, and is with us now. Graham, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well doing well glad to be with you uh before we get to uh, the meeting between the prime minister and the uh, current president let's go back and, and touch on the taxes this was an issue that that went back uh to uh donald trump's initial uh election and there were concerns there where is this now and will will that information eventually be brought forward yeah i i thought that the report by reggie uh, got a lot of the basics but as you say this does go back to uh the last presidential campaign four years ago, where in a debate with Hillary Clinton, she claimed, well, the reason Trump won't make his tax returns public is he does not pay any taxes. And, uh, well, four or five years later now, it might turn out that she's right. So just today, the U.S. Supreme Court said it would not prevent a prosecutor in New York from getting about eight years of Donald Trump's tax returns and some other financial records. And you know, as the report indicated, um, the Manhattan District Attorney has been seeking this information for some time as part of an investigation into so-called hush money, uh, money that Trump allegedly paid two women uh, to keep them quiet uh, back in the 2016 presidential election. These are porn star Stormy Daniels and Playboy Centerfield, uh, excuse me, Centerfold uh, model Karen McDougal. So uh, it seems that if this stuff uh, gets in the hands of the New York prosecutor, he could prosecute Trump for this. We won't, as the public, really get access to this, though, unless it actually goes to trial and it becomes evidence. So it is going to help the case against Trump move forward. But I think everybody's a long way from finding out what was in Trump's returns. Um, surprised that the Supreme Court won't overturn this. Obviously, Trump uh, had been hoping since he appointed uh, a couple of judges, a few judges, that that would work in his favor, but not the case here. Yeah, that's right. I mean, three of the uh, people sitting on the Supreme Court are sitting there, uh, courtesy of Donald Trump nominating them and then getting confirmed by the Senate. So uh, his attorneys, I thought, I think were thinking that uh, he could get a sympathetic hearing, but obviously that didn't happen. This was a unanimous, unsigned uh, decision by the court, which means that uh, they just didn't see much merit in it whatsoever. 
So, uh, yeah, and, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are all sorts of other things that Trump is looking at here now in his post-presidency, other sort of legal woes. The U.S. House has been uh, after Trump's financial records for some time, records from his own accounting firm and uh, his, his one of his big creditors, Deutsche Bank. Um, uh, those have been uh, tied up in courts for years, but uh, at some point that bill will come due as well. And, you know, aside from people trying to get his financial documents, uh, you know, authorities in Georgia are looking into potentially prosecuting him for pressuring that state to dig up more votes for him in the last election. So he's got plenty to worry about these days. Uh, Obviously, we hear on a daily basis pretty much uh, how much Donald Trump still has influence over the Republican Party. The Republican Party very much uh, divided on how they move forward. How does this affect that i mean you know obviously uh the headline here today is the supreme court won't halt the turnover of trump's tax records um is there any information in there or anything that will come to the public's attention that uh could reduce that amount of influence that he has over the party or will it take forever for this information to eventually be made public yeah, that's, I think, a very good question, and I'm honestly not sure. I mean, I think that people who've stood by Trump since he announced, uh, what, five years ago, and then during the four years of his presidency and now his post-presidency, the many things he's done that one might object to, if someone hasn't said, that's it, that's the final straw, then I don't know what it would take. In other words, people who are still defending him, I think, will defend him no matter what. And I think Trump himself admitted this back in the 2016 campaign. He said, these guys love me. I could shoot someone dead in Fifth Avenue, and I wouldn't get in trouble for it. And sad to say, he's absolutely right. So um, one would think that information like this would hurt support for a normal person, but uh, obviously that doesn't obtain where Donald Trump is concerned. Having said that, though, I mean, a lot of uh, Republicans since the Jan 6 attack on the U.S. Capitol have tried to distance themselves from the former president. But, you know, America has a two-party system, and there's really nowhere for sort of right-of-center folk to go. There's no obvious home for them outside the Republican Party. And, I mean, the party is divided, but it is still the party of Donald Trump. So if you are an anti-Trump Republican, uh, there's just nowhere for you to go. Um, Does that mean a divided Republican Party for the next several years? And if you have a Republican Party or any party that's that divided, the chances of election are pretty slim. One would think, but again, it's a two-party system, and uh, even if you don't particularly like the standard bearer for your team, it's still your team, and there's Mm -hmm. really no other place to go. Look, a lot of this will depend on what happens in the midterm elections, which I know we just got through a presidential election, but in U.S. politics, the next election is always right around the corner, and soon enough, jockeying for, uh, you know, primacy in the 2022 elections is going to start happening. If Republicans do poorly, that will uh, cause them to try to come to terms with are they still the party of Trump or not? And right on the heels of that uh, next midterm elections, there'll be people jockeying for uh, the next presidential election. So um, it's a little early, but soon enough, the things will start to shake out that will determine whether Trump still uh, can control the Republican Party. Not least of which is, all, is, of course, the question of whether the former president will seek to uh, get his old job back. And, uh, you know, I'm not about to render a prediction on that, but uh, mm. that would obviously change the dynamic. Uh, His uh, tax records, perhaps the most damaging in this information? Uh, Well, I mean, 
who knows what's in those records or, again, uh, when and if we'll ever get to see them. Um, this does keep in the spotlight the fact that, uh, well, the alleged fact that he paid these two, um, what shall we say, uh, adult entertainers hush money for, uh, uh, you know, not reporting their liaisons with the president uh, in a time when he was uh, uh, seeking higher office. Um, one wouldn't think that would work to Trump's advantage, but again, uh, the guy's Teflon. Some of the stuff just does not stick to him. Um, I have to think that as the weeks and months go by, there will be more and more uh, sort of legal findings that hurt the president, and he will find it more and more difficult to uh, brush that aside and to uh, entertain uh, people in Mar-a-Lago who are seeking his blessing for upcoming elections. But who knows? Uh, we've obviously seen what's been happening in Texas over the last uh, week or so with a, with a winter storm and that has just paralyzed their their electricity grid and and infrastructure and such. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, in the middle of that, gets on a plane and heads down to uh, Cancun with his family, ends up coming back uh, in humiliation. Texans are now demanding more from government. Does this play into any of that at all? Yeah, one would think it would. I mean, Trump, uh, uh, if he does not run, the heir apparent might be Ted Cruz. Uh, Cruz was uh, running against Trump four years ago and had all sorts of critical things to say about Trump, but then later fell into line and uh, sought to sort of uh, court Trump and Trumpist uh, voters with his support of uh, Trump's claims of election fraud. So, um, yeah, the fact that he got busted going to Mexico in the middle of this disaster in Texas does not look good for uh, uh, Senator Cruz. Um, but in general, it's really a, a big problem. And, and, you know, from a Canadian perspective, it's, it's perhaps laughable that Texans can't deal with some cold, but the infrastructure there is just not set up for it. And, uh, you know, I think the broader context is that in the last uh, several years, last decade, uh, Texas really deregulated uh, its energy uh, sector. And uh, without much regulation, um, individual competing companies didn't have a lot of incentive to build in a lot of redundancy and safety. And as a results, uh, things go a little bit cold and the whole thing falls apart. One would think out of this there'd be a greater uh, call for government to step in and regulate and ensure some sort of minimum modicum standards uh, of, of you know, things working when the temperature gets cold. But it's Texas, you know, it, it, they, they very much value uh, freedom. They don't like government. And uh, this is what you get. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Tomorrow, the uh, President Joe Biden and uh, Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau will meet via teleconference uh, for their sort of major first uh, uh, meeting of sorts to talk about various issues. Uh, Before we get into that, compare relations with Canada and the United States now compared to you know, during the, the Trump administration. Where are things now and where were they? Yeah, obviously there's a big difference. I mean, uh, you know, people who study these sort of things will say at the end of the day, it's really the two countries' sort of common interest and shared values that govern the relationship, and that matters much more than any uh, individual leader. That said, however, um, the leaders do matter, individuals do matter, and the the relationship between the two leaders uh, can be very important. And, you know, we saw that in the last four years, the historically very close and amicable relationship was severely strained. And uh, it's not just true of the U.S. and Canada, but the U.S. and lots of its uh, one-time former uh, allies and good friends and trading partners. So, um, you know, I, I, Trudeau won't quite say it, but you got to think he's very happy that he's dealing with Joe Biden now instead of Donald Trump. I mean, uh, Trump was just so thin-skinned and, and twice 
ran out of sort of international meetings where he felt slighted by Trudeau. Um, one would think that uh, Biden is not going to be so thin-skinned. And, you know, Trump boasted of making up uh, uh, numbers to support his narrative of a trade deficit with Canada. And uh, one would think that Biden is, is not going to uh, boast about not being connected to factual reality. So uh, I have to think uh, Mr. Trudeau is optimistic. Uh, traditionally, a new president uh, goes to Canada or meets with the Canadian leader pretty early on. Now, of course, during the pandemic, things are different. But uh, my understanding, this will be this will be the first major sort of face-to-face with a foreign leader. So uh, Trudeau's got to be happy that he's uh, number one. Um, you know, Trump uh, did not really meet with Trudeau until about 500 days into his presidency. Yeah, I think they, I think it was the UK he spoke to first, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so uh, I, I think things are looking uh, good for the relationship at this point. Uh, Joe Biden also talking about renewing and reestablishing relations with allies. How important is that? Because it seemed for four years there, the lifeguard was out of the chair. Yeah, it's hugely important for the U.S., for for its allies, for the world. But, uh, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, everybody, I'm going to be friendly now. It's going to be back to the way things were. But it's another to actually make that happen. I mean, I think when a a good relationship uh, goes through a period of strain, uh, you don't just flip a switch and get back to, uh, you know, the status quo beforehand. Uh, It takes some work and it takes some uh, sort of efforts on both sides and some good faith. And and one would think that uh, the two sides have that. Um, but uh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, it starts tomorrow, and, you know, these, these two leaders know each other, of course, uh, uh, from the, uh, well, when, what, uh, Biden was the wingman during the bromance with uh, Barack Obama, if we remember that, and uh, I don't know if... The uh, wingman. Yeah, there you <laughs> go, great. there you go. Uh, I don't know if uh, uh, they'll rekindle that same uh, sort of spirit, but uh, uh, obviously um, anything more in that direction is something that uh, Mr. Trudeau is going to strive for. Um, uh, obviously, uh, the, like you said, the, the, this relationship has gone on for years, no matter who the leaders are. Uh, obviously, a real uh, contentious announcement, uh, one of Biden's first, was the cancellation of the Keystone deal. It didn't even consult with anybody in Canada, from what I believe uh, or understand, uh, prior to that. Will the Keystone pipeline be an issue here, or is that sailed? I suppose uh, Mr. Trudeau might well raise that particular issue, but it was not a surprise. Biden had announced that he was against it. And, I mean, even though Trump was in favor of it, um, it didn't happen under his presidency. And to be honest, I think uh, Trudeau is sort of happy to have the issue off the table at this point. Uh, Again, he may well mention it. He might also mention uh, this uh, Biden plan to put in a a Buy America proposal in any kind of big infrastructure spending that might come down the line. But my understanding is that there will be sort of uh, waivers in that and that uh, Canada might well qualify. So I don't think that'll be a big thing either. Uh, My sense is they'll talk about, uh, obviously, the pandemic, uh, economic recovery, and climate change. So, you know, after four years of having an American uh, administration that uh, did not believe in climate change, let alone what to do about it, uh, this is something that Biden obviously uh, happens to think is uh, worthy of his time and effort. So I'm sure they'll find some common ground there. And uh, I I just think that the the fact that the two guys are sort of on the same page and, and get along and and have some uh, connection to factual reality is going to be an enormous improvement. Uh, any thought in obviously vaccination a huge issue here on this side of the border as we watch our neighbors and other allies uh, vaccinate their citizens before ours. Uh, any do you think vaccination will be brought up during this? And you know, obviously, America's uh, planning to have have their citizens vaccinated before Canada is. 
Uh, do you think once the U.S. meets that uh, herd mentality threshold, that uh, they will start sending uh, product to the U- uh, to Canada vaccine? Yeah, to Canada? one would think so. It kind of makes sense for both sides, at least as I see it. Uh, and you know, of course, the reason that Canada is getting its uh, vaccines from Europe is that Trump had threatened to block any uh, importation from the U.S., wanting to keep it for Americans first. Uh, it does seem that America is uh, well ahead of Canada when it comes to vaccinations, and uh, uh, one doesn't. I, I don't think that's much going to change, to be perfectly honest. So there'll be snow birds who want to go down and get vaccinated there. But yeah, I would think that uh, Trudeau would say, Mr. Biden, look, uh, you know, once you get most of your guys vaccinated, uh, would you mind sending some up here? And I would think that uh, Biden would be all in favor of that. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? You know, the pandemic is so utterly unpredictable. Um, uh, it might be the case that if there are more vaccines that are approved, that that would be enough to uh, make up any gap that would otherwise be made up by uh, perhaps U.S. imports. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, um, a vote today in the House on whether to declare what uh, China is in their handling of the uh, of the Muslim Uyghurs, whether that is genocide or not, uh, that happening today in the House of Commons. Do you think that Biden and Trudeau will talk about the two Michaels and, and the relationship with China? One would think so. I, I would certainly think that this is something that the prime minister would raise with President Biden. I mean, you know, look, uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, Canada's been sort of in a tough spot on this, right? They sort of acceded to uh, Trump's demands to uh, arrest the, the head of Huawei, and as a result, these two gentlemen, uh, Canadians, were taken into custody in China. So, yeah, Canada stuck right in the middle between the, the two global economic superpowers, right? It's uh, obviously a difficult position. It's hard to see how it's going to get resolved, and if indeed Parliament uh, votes to find that uh, China's engaging in genocide, it's going to make getting the two Michaels back all the more difficult. So I'm sure this is something that uh, Mr. Trudeau is going to raise with Biden tomorrow. Dr. Graham Dodds is with us, Concordia University professor and associate chair, Department of Political Science, talking about relations with Canada and the United States. Biden and Trudeau to chat tomorrow. Graham, uh, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Be well. Thank you. You too. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.